You're listening to an Anazal Ministries podcast. What does your RPG role-playing character say about you? Um, today we're going to be discussing character builds, both in video games and tabletop games, and what your go-to build says about your character as a person. Uh, this episode is for everyone, so you don't need to have any specific game or tabletop knowledge just for whoever's listening. Hey everyone, welcome to Systematic Geekology, episode 36. We are the Priest of the Geeks. Um, when I say that, don't mean that we're ordained ministers, rather we are just in the biblical sense of being mediators. And this isn't some kind of trap. We're just real geeks who want to talk about role-playing games. Yeah. All right. We wanted to give special thanks to Ethan Overcash for joining our ally tier on Patreon. Uh, we couldn't run this show without you guys. And thank you so much for the support. Yeah. And I am Joshua Knoll. I am a fourth year biblical study student at North Greenville University. And I have been playing a lot of Kingdom Hearts while I've both had COVID and getting prepared for Disney World. Because my quarantine will end before I'm supposed to go. <laughs> yeah. All right. My name is. TJ Blackwell, and I've been geeking out on fighting games. Basically all of them. We got PlayStation <laughs> now, and just most of them are there. So, we've been playing yeah. a ton. And you don't mean that you have a PlayStation now. You mean you have PlayStation now. Yes, PlayStation now, the video game streaming service from the PlayStation Network. Nice. All right. Uh, so now it's time for today's subject. Uh, today we are talking about and explaining the basics of the role-playing game character build. And I do want to add, there are so many different games with so many different systems, we cannot possibly <laughs> cover them all. Yeah, and just some of the basics and some of what we like to go to. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, which uh, before before we get into that, um, a lot of people listening might be used to like uh, video games like Skyrim, where you build your own character and that kind of thing. Um, but really, if I if I'm understanding right, a lot of that really started with D and D's and their character build. Is that am I thinking right? That did start it. Yeah. So I don't want to say it started it outright, but it was the seventies. And I've yeah. never heard of anything from before 1976 where you could do that like that, at least. So how do how do character builds work in D&D? Well, so when you go to play D&D, when you decide to join a campaign or a one shot or whatever, uh, you build your character. And in D&D, it's pretty simple, uh, at least in fifth edition, everything before that. Good luck. It's more con convoluted the farther you go back. But in 5th edition, it's pretty easy. You pick the class you want to play. You find your stats. And you basically have a build there already. Because it's going to tell you, like, hey, if you're playing as a monk, you want to have high dexterity and high charisma. Hmm. And if you what, just... What do those do? Well, for a monk... You have a perk called Unarmored Defense, a class feature, uh, which means you don't have to wear any armor, but your armor class is going to be 10 plus your dexterity modifier plus your wisdom modifier. Hmm. 
So usually you'll end up with a pretty high armor class without ever putting on armor. Like my That's last monk cool. had an armor class of 20, which is pretty hard to hit. Yeah. What's usually. charisma used for? Uh, charisma is used for lying, persuading, intimidating. That's right. In D&D, you got to like roll during talks and stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah. I've done some tabletop, but so there's a whole bunch of stuff. So, yeah. None of what I do is so inclusive that like you have to roll for speaking. You just speak. But right. Well, yeah. If you played Skyrim, you kind of do. You know, there's they're just not rolling for it anymore. Yeah. I just didn't think about that because like games kind of automatic calculate your luck more or less. Right. Or in games like Skyrim, you know, the Bethesda games in general. Once you have that level of skill, that's just going to work for you. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't think about that. Okay. So whether video game or tabletop or whatever, um, I thought it'd be fun if we talked about some of our go-to character types, how we like to, we like our characters to be. Um, For that, we might talk some about, um, which I I will talk some about it, whether your character is like noble good or chaotic evil, that kind of thing. And we'll be kind of describing what that means a little bit. Um, My go-to character, I like to have a female character and I like her to be chaotic evil. And if I get the option of having a sidekick or someone with me, I like them to be like noble good. And um, yeah, that's just kind of what I have the most fun with. I just like to wreak havoc a little bit and play as someone that I consider a different enough for myself that I have a unique experience other than what I would just have in real life. Yeah. Right. Uh, so usually uh, at this point, I'm just filling a role, at least for tabletop games, because uh, I'm really just down to play anything. But if I'm making my character first, uh, I'm going to make a fast character that is hard to hit and hits hard. Hopefully all three, like uh, with my personal favorite, whose name was John Black uh, in Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition. Uh, great character to play as almost never took damage and he had guns in Dungeons and Dragons nice which you know not the official ones (laughs) so he was pretty strong yeah I I forgot yeah typically I like my character to be manipulative and then like an assassin so like I'll do like high charisma and then stealth so I can just kind of yeah, do that kind of deal. Um, so why do you choose what you do for character builds other than just to fill what people need? Well, uh, I like being fast. I like having the upper hand and I like not dying. Huge fan of all three of those. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, so that all is, that checks out. Yeah. I always try, you know. Yeah. I see. So the reason I like to go chaotic evil is honestly just because I have such a bad attention span. I cannot trust myself to stay like on point with the same goal throughout. So what chaotic evil does is just they want to cause chaos. They just do whatever. And that's easier for me because at any given time, I might feel like helping and I might feel like not helping. 
And just kind of going with that as my personality trait makes it a lot easier to do that. You know, like stealth. Right. Because so I just, the viewer is paying attention. Josh is chaotic neutral in real life. <laughs> oh, how do you figure? You just said you were. Oh, yeah. Well, I guess that's sort of technically my characters are probably more chaotic neutral than anything. It's just easier to start them off as chaotic evil. And then I like to use the stealth primarily because I think it's really fun when you're in some of these video games to just go in, kill a character and watch what the program has everyone else do when they realize that character's dead and react to it. I just always find it amusing right. what the program decides to do for that. Right. And that's one thing video games really do well, uh, because in most tabletop experiences I've had, if you're stealthing through a building and you kill someone, uh, it's a pretty good chance that someone heard you. So, you know, the classic Skyrim crouch down about 12 feet away from the target and then shoot him in the head uh, with your bow and arrow. And then everyone's like, hmm, must have been the wind. That's that's really I, good for games. Yeah, no, I love that. And then I love um. There was, I think it was a Spider-Man game. This is not role-playing. You don't get to choose your Spider-Man. You're just Spider-Man. But one, there was one where like you could go in, take someone out, and then just wait till the other guards find the body knocked out, and they're like, "Oh my gosh!" And they all just start running around. And last like ten seconds, and they just forgot that someone was knocked out. Yeah, fun times. Um, so do you think that your character build says anything about you personally? No. You know, I'm going to counter you. I want to say the fact that TJ's actual go-to is to just fill what everyone else needs because he doesn't mind. He just likes to play. I feel like that does say something about you. Maybe. That's not a character build, though. That's true. But, you know, the fact that you just are willing to be there, what people need to be, I think that counts. I definitely think that my uh, chaotic neutral just doing random stuff because I can't pay attention. says a lot about how I can't pay attention. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I would say that my desire to have a sidekick that's noble good shows that that is how I would rather be. I would rather be on point paying attention, just making all the good decisions all the time because I totally know what's going on. But in like real life, if especially if we're doing a tabletop, there's a huge chance that I have no idea what's going on because I stopped paying attention five minutes ago. Which is why I'm not part of the D&D &D for our Patreon group with DJ. <laughs> well, that's one of the reasons. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> so do you do you think it's useful to play as a character that is vastly different from yourself who would make choices you normally wouldn't? I think it depends. Um, I think it's definitely more useful in tabletop games because then in a way you and those playing are kind of getting to explore what a world would be like where you do make those decisions. You kind of get to explore what are the repercussions of doing something other than what you would normally do. You know, whether like if you normally would never lie and then you just decide to play a really deceitful character who lies all the time, it could be fun to see what are the outcomes of that. And maybe you can say, yeah, hmm, I guess that's why I don't lie. Or if you lie a lot, 
and you decide to play an honest character and it gets rewarded. And maybe they'll tell you, hey, be more honest. But I, I feel like that's less likely. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, I th- what about I, you? I think it really just. You know, this is more of a, a pers- character personality question than it is a, a build question. But I think it can help. You know, I think it's fun to see what it's like to not be you. And you never know what could happen. You know, I'm pretty sure I, I wouldn't kill someone in real life, but it certainly hasn't been a problem in any RPG. Yeah. Because you just kind of got to. Yeah. Which is actually something that's really always, I've always found interesting when I do a female character, especially in like tabletops with other people. The fact that I'm not male and I'm playing a female, it's like it automatically makes the GM want to put all the feminist things against me possible <laughs> because I chose a female. <laughs> And I always find that interesting, especially because, you know, so much of these tabletop games that don't have any like medieval kind of times. So it's like all these stereotypes and it's like, hmm, it's interesting that this is how we think women are treated. <laughs> I think a lot of the times that's probably true. And I don't know. It's kind of eye opening in its own right. So do you think you can vent your pent up feelings through your character's actions? I have certainly on cert- on some games, including Skyrim, which with an all brute character just for the purpose of just destroying things. And I do think it makes me feel better. I don't know if I'm venting anything, but I do feel better when I just destroy things. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I have think you it really helps that? to have that. So have you ever done that? <laughs> just done a brute character just for the sake of destroying everything? No. You should. It's fun. But anyway, uh, I think it can be really helpful uh, to get to, you know, do some things or say some things that you would never say in real life because it is just a game. And, you know, at least for video games, if the action you did made you feel bad in real life, you can just reload your save and not do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But uh, if you're playing Grand Theft Auto going the speed limit, you are playing the game wrong. <laughs> That's what I'm that's told. That's very anyway, calming to I go the speed that. limit in Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> yeah, I do it. I'm told I'm doing it wrong, but <laughs> I do that. I um, yeah. Also, this this is sort of an RPG, I guess. Uh, Spider-Man: Web of Shadows. I did this where I made all of the evil choices all through the game. And that was just really fun to see what an evil Spider-Man would be like. At the end of the game, Mary Jane's dead. His girlfriend's black, black cat, and he rules New York City. So that's apparently what happens if you decide all the evil options. Yeah. And then uh, if you're interested to see more character builds and watch them grow real time, uh, head on over to Patreon. Check us out. We're playing D&D, and if you slide us enough dough, you can join the game. Yeah, yeah. And then you can be a brute and destroy everything, and it might slightly irritate TJ. No, we do already have two characters that are fighters, so please don't <laughs> do that. So you you want a, a stealth, chaotic, neutral female character? Uh, somebody that plays a wizard, hopefully. <laughs> Oh, man. Um, you know, that, that's an interesting thing. What does having 
different character types on a team, like when you're doing a tabletop like D&D, how does that contribute? Like, why is that important? Well, it's all about uh, team composition. Uh, you don't, well, I don't want to say you don't want to have, but your team is more likely to struggle if everyone's playing the same class and trying to fulfill the same role. It's like your classic ones, your classic RPG, MMO, like roles are going to be tank, DPS, which is damage per second, uh, healer, which is completely obsolete in Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition. And, oh. uh, usually like caster or sorcerer or something like that. And uh, so you kind of want somebody to fill those roles. Uh, you want to keep the the magic casters away from the combat. So you want to have a couple of dudes with a high armor class and a lot of hit points up front. That's what uh, fighter and barbarian and a couple subclasses of cleric are for. Uh, paladins make a good one. Huh. Paladins also make a very good uh, DPS damage per second. In at least in fifth edition. So is that is that one of those philosophical things that we can pull out that even in things where we're just trying to use our imagination, the need for diversity in a team just has to be that's just an inevitable part of anything we do? Well, it's not truly inevitable. But it's pretty close. Hmm. We have played games, me and my group have played games where we all played the same class. And they're very fun. But they're also designed for us to all be that class. Uh, now, is that why you say that your typical is to kind of fill the gap? Like, are you just waiting to make sure the team's well-rounded? Yes. Hmm. I don't want us to die. That's, hmm. that's that other thing I said about my ideal character build is that I don't die. <laughs> yeah. So... Does that apply to the church? I mean, if you are at a church and you see, you know, X, Y, and Z functions are already filled, should you then try to be Z? I think if you see a need and can feel, fill the need, you should try. Hmm. All right. I like it. Um, Do you have a yeah. favorite character you've ever built I meant to include this and I didn't so I'm just curious yep his name is uh, John Black uh, I named him after Aaron Black from Mortal Kombat and my dad John or John Wick if you prefer someone you might know a little better Yeah, uh, he's a bird man an Aarakocra and he is he was by far the fastest character in the party and the fastest one I've ever played. Uh, he was also insanely them, strong. Right? No, he is on my credit card. Oh, well, could you, could I, I mean, share I have, a picture of him to Facebook? I have, a, I'm not going to put my credit card on Facebook. Yeah, don't do that. Do you have a picture of him just without your credit card? Yeah, I'll card? send you the picture of him. Yeah, but, we'll put that on Facebook. Yeah, you guys can see TJ's character. Um, I think one of my favorites that wasn't anything like what I've been describing that is my go-to. Uh, this was one of my first times ever doing a tabletop or anything. It was with my aunt. 
and I made this really cheesy name, Dark Star. <laughs> and he was more or less a combination of Venom and um, well, what we now know as Captain Marvel at that point. She was just Miss Marvel. And it was just a combination of their powers. It was like a dude with all light kind of powers, like proton kind of stuff, but also got a, a symbiote attached to him. So it was pretty yeah. interesting, especially for, you know, yeah. young high school guy. And the main thing I knew about Venom was it didn't like light and sound. So I was like, yeah, let's do a Venom, but with light powers. Yeah. It is fun to do that kind of thing, subvert expectations. Uh, yeah. One of the people in our D&D campaign is playing a halfling fighter. And if you didn't know, halflings used to be hobbits. Until the Tolkien estate tried to sue Gary Gygax. Hmm. So it is just a hobbit fighter, which is always a fun class to see. Me, I one time played a deep gnome. And uh, he had a power that, for reference, he was like three foot ten. <laughs> and uh, he had a power that would let him grow to 15 feet tall. <laughs> Why? That's super fun. Because he's a gnome. That's... That's hilarious. I mean, had it because, yeah. you know, different reasons, but I used it a lot because he was three feet tall. Yeah, that's that's honestly, I think that might be my favorite part of doing character builds and kind of stuff is just kind of trying to get around what we usually expect a character to be like. So my light guy had like he was high religious, all that kind of stuff. But at any time doing his clerical stuff with light powers, symbiote might just take over. <laughs> Become a rage monster. Yes, it was pretty fun. I even like to do that in other games, like fighting games. Uh, you know, I I said at the beginning, I've been getting into them with my roommates, and we have. Uh, so I, I love to play zoners, but I hate zoning people out. If you know fighting games, you know what I'm talking about. And you're probably thinking, hey, that sounds kind of <laughs> stupid. I think it's more fun. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I um, yeah, like how I like to play Smash Bros. Use the best character, and uh, the way I get around expectations is by always losing to TJ playing as one of the worst characters. Yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. no he one ever expects Ganondorf that. for anyone curious. Yeah, yeah, he almost always wins, which is mostly interesting because when he started playing, his best strategy was jump on a ladder, and he started playing like two years ago. And now he always wins. It was three. Oh, well, you know, I was close. Anyway, so one thing we like to do, we always like to bring this back to the Bible and just kind of think through things. Um, So in 2 Corinthians 13, 5, the Bible says, examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Or do you not realize this about yourselves, that Jesus Christ is in you, unless indeed you fail to meet the test? Yeah, so what I find interesting about this is more or less he's saying you need to do self-examination. You need to look inward to kind of see where you're at. And what's fun is he asked, or do you not realize this about yourself, that Jesus Christ is in you unless you fail to meet the test? And I think it's sort of doing that. um, The only reason not to test yourself, not to examine yourself, is if you know you're not going to like what you see. (laughs) Because if you know what you're like, if you know what you're going to see is Jesus. There's no reason to not do self-examinations. 
So I guess that then puts the mandate of if you're afraid to do self-examinations, you know something's wrong. So everyone should uh, play role-playing games with TJ and, uh, you know, use that to examine yourself. <laughs> no. Um, TJ, how can we best examine ourselves? So I think a really good way to get your reaction to something, your honest reaction, uh, the best way would be to have another person do it for you. But that sounds kind of tedious. So just watch the news. Go to CNN's homepage or Fox News' homepage or whatever you want to use. And just as you react to these headlines and these stories, just write down what you thought about it. I like that. Yeah. And to bring it back to this, if you're playing a video game or something and you find it, you're more naturally going towards the evil options, the lying options, all that, instead of just doing it because you think it's fun or because it's something other than what you would do. You know, that that might be a reason to, to question yourself if you're just more naturally deceptive and destructive and that kind of thing. Right. Or you're Calvinist. Wait, what's wrong with being Calvinist? You're born evil. Oh, well, yeah, then I guess that's all you could do. Oh, man. Or you're predestined, in which case. Yeah, I guess just keep keep on. Eventually you'll get there. <laughs> um, we are not Calvinist, if you could not tell. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what do you think would be different if people examined themselves more through, you know, whether it be going through new sites and seeing how they react or looking at their own actions in video games or in real life and determining what comes more naturally for them? When we examine ourselves, what do you think would change? I think we'd get a much calmer world. Probably. Yeah. Calm doesn't necessarily mean peaceful, but it certainly helps you get there. Right. So uh, I just wanted to ask you guys uh, if you think it is helpful to continuously look at yourself and wonder whether you're reflecting the light of God properly or if you're reflecting your character build properly, or if that's even a good thing to do, uh, let us know. Sit on it for a minute. Uh, yeah. Hit us up on Facebook or email us. We yeah, want to know what there's you a, think. There's an interesting line of, are you self-reflecting or are you self-obsessing? I don't have an answer for that, but I could see the argument being made. <laughs> Right. So now it's time to wrap up. Uh, Joshua, do you have any recommendations for us? Um, I don't know if this counts as geeky, but I've been uh, binge watching stuff as I've been kind of sick. And um, on HBO Max, I rediscovered a show that I love called The Newsroom. Um, it's not PG, so younger audiences might not be appropriate for but it kind of does a lot of like the politics of that day, which was like mid Obama kind of term. So it was at like 2012 around in there. It does a lot of what is real news and what is just us trying to get the media money, which I think is an important question. Really fun thing to watch. All right. 
uh, I would like to highly recommend you go watch The Book of Boba Fett. If you're a Star Wars guy, girl. I still haven't seen episode five. Uh, the first two episodes are slow. Just get through them. It gets a lot better. Also, Thundercat is in it. I'm not going to explain what? who Thundercat <laughs> is. You have to know. I'm gatekeeping. <laughs> oh, all right. Um, well, if you want to follow TJ or myself, uh, you can go to the Whole Church Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, wherever you're listening now. Just look it up or on systematicgeekology.org. You can just click host, go down. Both of our names are there. All the episodes we're on are on that page. So, yeah. All right. Uh, next episode, we'll be talking about Justice League's Snyder Cut with hosts Brandon Knight and Joe Day and possibly me. I'm interested now. But go to our website in the description to let us know what you've been geeking out on and what we should be geeking out on. And remember, we are all a chosen people, a geekdom of priests. This was an Anazao Ministries podcast. If you enjoyed this show and would like to learn more about our network, be sure to check out the Anazao Ministries podcast network.